If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, turn the game again, everybody's gonna lose, and I'm gonna win, gonna get rich quick. Here we are again, ladies and gentlemen, or based on our uh, analytics, mostly gentlemen, about 81%, um, uh, on Radio Free Brooklyn with Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel. And as always, we are here to get you rich and in the process, get ourselves wi- r- r- rich. Everybody. Everybody Everybody's rich. getting rich. Right. Everybody's getting witch. <laughs> <laughs> All of the above. Rich and witch. Um, hi, Noel. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you today? Yeah, so far so good. Yeah, That's good. Pretty well, good. How's your week been? You know, just so you guys know out there, Noel and I really don't see each other. Well, actually, no, we did see each other. Last week, we went to the... Uh, the Radio fan- Free Brooklyn party, yeah. That was. It was a great end of season one party. Yep. Our season one rap party. And uh, if you listen to Radio Free Brooklyn, you can actually hear that. Uh, it was broadcast live, some great music, and uh, interestingly drunken hosts. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, so we did see each other in, in the time between yep. shows. But, yeah, normally, but usually we avoid each other like the plague. It's true, because otherwise we'd have nothing to say to each other. <laughs> For the hour that we're together here in the basement. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, but how was your week, Noel? Yeah, my week was pretty good. Uh, you know, worked and stuff. Uh, today, uh, I got an email uh, a f- about a month ago or so. I had auditioned for some short film mm-hmm. and had gotten a call back and didn't end up getting it. But I got an email today from the people who... Looks like it's a form email that they're sending out to everyone, and it's addressed to people that took this audition for an on-camera class workshop. Really? So it's like they sold. They basically had auditions to to make a mailing list. It oh, sounds like. Really? Yeah, I'm not even so convinced that there was an actual film now. Wow, that's scummy. That's scummy, eh? That is scummy, man. <laughs> yeah. That is wow. That's just. I don't know that I would find that disheartening and it would piss me off. Oh, I, yeah, it ticked me off. <laughs> I was going to send it to my agent, and then I was like, uh, "Why even bother?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go to work now. Yeah. <laughs> um. Wow. Well, hopefully this hour will cheer you up. I think it will, Josh. Um. Today we have a guest. Yes, we do again. And uh, yeah, we're really rolling in the guests, and I'm I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying having a third person here. Yeah. Uh, to bounce our, our ideas off of other than each other because that's just kind of like a tennis match that no one wins. <laughs> um, and uh, our topic today, Noel, is... It's games. Games. And it's a broad topic. And uh, we have a gentleman who has uh, tapped into a couple levels of gaming, uh, game creation with us today. His name is Josh Welber, uh, founder, uh, and I don't know what title... He would go under of the now defunct large animal games. Rest in peace. Defunct. Defunct. (laughs) (laughs) That is your title. Founder of defunct. Of defunct. That's a good name for something. A band, a a a wedding band called D E F U N K apostrophe T. Yeah, I don't think you'd be the top of the list. Everyone be booking. (laughs) I don't know. I think you'd be surprised. There's definitely a market for that. Um, But yeah, he's the uh, founder of the now defunct large animal games, where. uh, 
They created mostly mobile games. Or yeah, we went through. Well, we were around for 13 years, so we went through. And it was thir- from 2001 to 2014. So, and we were an indie studio. Uh, started really small, but at our biggest, we were 30 people. So we we went through sort of like a slice of the history of game development mm-hmm. in those 13 years. So when you started, right when 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 large animals started, what was your focus initially? Uh, web web games. So uh-huh. um, s- the biggest uh, client we had, and pretty much every game developer in New York worked for Lego. Uh huh. Lego um, Lego New York was like the sugar daddy for all the <laughs> indie game development studios. I thought Lego was like a Swedish company or something like that. They're a Danish company. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and they're a privately held company. At least I think they still are. Um, but uh, they were early in getting into new media, and. Um, they had this big New York stu- New York studio, and they were trying to do all sorts of stuff. They were trying to do like they did that. The big game we did, mm-hmm. um, which was called Galador, was mm-hmm. tied to a toy that was also tied to this Canadian TV show that was horrible. Sorry, Galador, but it was really bad. But the game was great. The game was great. The game of was course, the best thing. Of course, in it was. So they were doing all sorts of stuff out of New York, and that was the first kind of game we were making. Online games, you didn't buy them. Kids played them primarily. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they were not advert games in that you weren't trying to sell something specific, mm-hmm. but they were related to... You were pulling th- people to a website yeah. where they would look at other They would things go to Lego. Lego would make ad money, and then hopefully they would buy the toy. Or sure. if they were into the toy, they would play the games, and it would just be a you know brand expansion. Or right. Um, and then that lasted for a couple of years, and we started making the, this uh, type of... Uh, game all alternately called downloadable games or casual games came mm-hmm. around 2002 and that was basically someone figured you know remember the old shareware games like snood yep, stuff like yep, that, that yep. that would nag you to, to pay for them right so somebody figured out actually how to largely protect uh pc and mac games so you couldn't steal them and they could time out and there was a few different DRM, digital rights management, and then these big companies were like, hey, we can just let people download games, play for 30 minutes, and uh, ask them to pay $19 after that. <laughs> and, uh, it, and it turned out that there were a lot of people who wanted to play games that weren't on consoles. Right. And so we did that for quite a while. Uh-huh. And that sort of, not for you, but just in terms of the video game world, that sort of morphed into a lot of what we see now, yeah, right? Definitely. With the, the sort of pay to play, like the idea, it seems, I was looking at a, uh, a thing of the top grossing games of 2015, mm-hmm. and every single one of them are the ones that are free games. Sure. Right, yeah, that yeah. you buy the little extra. And the, the amount of money these games are making is verging on obscene. Oh, it is. Yeah. Like in 2015, I think uh, uh, Age 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 of Wars, whatever the one you see the advertising for, the yeah. one that's Clash of Clans, but with with uh, badass looking characters. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, is raking in over a m- almost 1.5 million dollars a day. Really? A day. Oh, a yeah. day. At least a that. day. They're probably making more than that. <laughs> probably, but I mean, it's yeah. it's maybe reported. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this yeah. was some statistics thing, a day, and then it's like you know, it's 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 small increments below that for everyone else. Clash of Clans, uh, like about a million. You know, it's it's crazy, and I imagine once you get one of these things up, mm-hmm. the actual cost of running it is pretty minimal, right? It's mostly marketing. Those right. guys spend a lot of so so the the mobile game market. Those are all mobile games mm-hmm. you're describing, um, and app store markets in general are last couple years as they've sort of exploded, and there was a lot of um, 
different broad activity all along the range. And now it's about, I'd say, I don't know. It's it's kind of like the United States. Like <laughs> 10, 10 games make 90% of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Sure. The top 10 games. Uh-huh. Um, so Clash of Clans is one of those. Right. And w- one of the ways that reinforces itself is that um, once you're making that much money, you can spend a lot of money to tell people about in all the other games about your game. Yeah. Right. And right. so they, they come back to it and that raises the ad prices. So like the guys who's making like the 200th grossing game can't afford to buy ads mm-hmm. that because the rates are set mm-hmm. by sorry companies like that right but clash of clans is advertising on his game yeah if you show ads yeah right if you i mean if you play any games that have ads you're going to see a uh, game of war right or whatever it's, what's it called? yeah it's yeah, something it's like game that of game of war yeah. right. um clash of clans uh-huh. if it's a different type of game you'll you'll see candy crush right you know or or whatever they're i see all is. mix of those things yeah. on the games that i play on my phone yeah. and occasion you know you'll see the top 50, 100 games. Right. Um, so most of the money that's spent once it goes out is marketing. And it's a lot of money. Like half that money easily would be spent on marketing. And it would be worth it to them, right? Because sure. 50 cents, make a dollar. Right. Well, that's good math. Yeah. We like that on Get Rich Quick. <laughs> Remember that, folks. <laughs> Spend 50 cents. That's what you're always trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> Spend less than That should be one of our tips of the week. That, that is basically was one of our tips of the it week. It pretty much time. was. I think yeah. at one point it was it was one of our tips of the week. So the games that you guys created, that, mm-hmm. like, well, my favorite games that you guys created that I had on my phone and I actually played were uh, Nomster mm-hmm. was actually my favorite game with Bucky Beaver mm-hmm. um, and Color Zen, mm-hmm. which was a great game, really beautiful game. And probably Thank your you. most popular game, would you say? Uh, in mobile, definitely. Right. Um, the only really, really popular game we had in mobile, and it was nothing compared to those games you described. Right. But like, um, Color Zen probably had, I don't know, five or eight million downloads in, uh, between iOS and Android. It was a free game. It was pay. It was it was free, and it's similar to those games in that it was free to download and you can play. Um, but you were buying content. So you bought packs of puzzles, right? To keep to keep going yeah. on. I I feel like I paid for my game. You did the you start... first the first month on iOS you paid. Damn, and then oh. you switched. And but I knew the owner. I'm friends actually, with the owner. Yeah, and this yeah. is what happened. Yeah, I ended up you know, paying. Probably was, mostly friends paid. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the people who um, paid were friends and family. Well, we couldn't. <laughs> Apple. We we got promotion from Apple, which is the other way to to succeed uh-huh. in mobile is make the platform happy, and then they'll promote your game, and that's the only way to. There, there are no real viral ways to, well known viral ways to get audience. Yeah, but if Apple t- says to people that that your game is good, then people download it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's, just remember, that's another good tip for life, I think. Make the platform happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could think of it, you could generalize it to like make the rich person happy. Uh-huh, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I prefer the but, term yeah. platform. I yeah. really prefer that yeah. word for, for yeah. rich people. I mean, yeah, I get it, yeah. it but it, it expands out. It can mean wife. Mm-hmm. Platform can mean anything that you need to, uh, to make it. To, if you keep it happy, yeah. you're going to do all right. <laughs> um. And then, of course, what was kind of a, a personal favorite of mine, the, the the final personal favorite of mine, was Spartacus. Uh, which, the first Spartacus, the Facebook game? Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was actually our first um, really successful Facebook game. And it was mm-hmm. one of the first successful um, uh, Facebook games that, or maybe one of the only ones ever, that had a brand associated with it. So, I know you guys saw the Stars series, the sort of soft porn star series. I did. Uh, That's why I enjoyed the game so yeah. much. It, it, was, it was a good show. It, it was for a soft core, yeah. you yeah. know, what what do they call them? Sandal and sword and sandal movies? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so it, they, they, they did a very successful first season of that, and they decided they want to bring it on Facebook, and that's what uh, right. Spartacus, Spartacus, Gods of the Arena, I think is what you're thinking. I, 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 never, saw, I never saw the show or the game. Yeah. You never saw this. It's actually, I think it's it's shown deeply cut on some network like Channel Nine, rerunning kind of thing because there was an extraordinary amount of nudity and a lot of like. Well, then why would I want to watch it now? <laughs> there's no reason. Without, I'm telling you, when no. you take away all the the profanity uh-huh. and all of the nudity, it's five minutes of actual episode. And uh, uh, no, it's probably ten minutes of actual episode because there was a lot of blood. Lot yeah, of yeah, CGI. Like you left okay. out the violence, right? Yeah, that was um, uh, uh, there is no reason to watch that show. Okay, so otherwise. it's like it's like our podcast. Yeah, pretty much blood <laughs> and violence and, and nudity, nudity which, which no one can see. No, <laughs> I can though, Josh. No. <laughs> I know. Well, yes, folks, it is my home, so sometimes I sit here naked. Yeah, and Noel and I just talk. Um, but so it sounds like just from what you're saying, there are. Are a lot of avenues. There's a lot of like sort of dealing going on that people aren't aware of that just play the games. There's lots of ways to make money through this. Get out there mm-hmm. uh, with games of all sorts. Oh, I might also add. Josh also uh, Large Animal also created a card game called mm-hmm. Combat Kittens, which was a, a la like a battle card game. I don't know what the classifications of games are. What would that be? What would that be defined as or described as? Like a like- magic. Uh, no, it really, I mean, if you played Magic, you would hate it. Um, <laughs> it was, it, it's a very lightweight game. It basically plays kind of like poker, um, but poker where you're capturing people's cards instead of just winning hands. Okay. So you're battling, like, with these very lightweight poker hands. It's made for 10 and up. And um, the main the main draw of it was the art. Which right. I, it's, there's a definitely a class of games where it's just, and, and especially games with cats in it. If yeah. you get cats, <laughs> I was kind of bitter actually because we did this Kickstarter with our with our with our uh-huh. combat kittens, and we we made the what we needed to make so that we could release the game and not lose money. Um, but then there's this, God, I can't remember the name of it. You might have even seen it if you're on Kickstarter. So there's a Kickstarter tabletop cat game from last year that made like raised like a million dollars, and it's one of the the very common online tune. Uh, yes, I know. Who did the art for it? The oatmeal. Yeah, the oatmeal. Guy. So that's the other way to really, right. you know, if you have a huge online following for your artwork, sure, you can really suck the money out of people on Kickstarter. <laughs> Kickstarter. That's a Kickstarter. The game. That was another thing I had. I had sort of read the game community. Kickstarter is like their bread and butter for indie stuff. Yeah, for for. Almost all games, any decent game, and I'm not talking video game per se, but but tabletop. Got a lot of tabletop games on, yeah. Kickstarter is crazy for that. And, you know, hey, you, you take the money. You know, you make the game. You don't make the game. You got the money in your pocket. You ask for a few million dollars. It only costs you a few hundred thousand. Whatever your thing is, I'm not saying that's the way you should do it. Yeah. But that is one way to make money. I, I think they crack down on that. Do now, they? On not spending the money that you raised. <laughs> How do they know if you're spending the money that you raise once you raise it? Well, just recently, I think in a month ago or so, oh, okay. uh, in Seattle, uh, a class action suit was won against a, a couple guys who, I think it was a comic book, not a game, but got the money and never sent out the comic book. That's it, Whether it's a game or not, that's the right. classic Kickstarter problem is I you don't actually fulfill your promise. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm kind of a sucker where if there's someone I know who's, making something and doing a kickstarter i'll usually you know throw something in there yep and 
I like to try to keep it, you know, I like when they are trying to elevate what they do to a different level. But then sometimes it's just like, you were just going to do this anyway, and now you're asking for my money. <laughs> well, it's a marketing platform as well. I mean, I think for games, uh, especially, uh, and some people are kind of unhappy about it because yet you get big name guys mm-hmm. who could put their game out anyway yeah. and make money off it anyway. And they're kind of, they, I don't know if this is a valid criticism, but they're criticized for using up people's attention on Kickstarter sure. and taking their money on Kickstarter when it's really just, just marketing. Yeah. Um, and it's true for a lot of tabletop games. I think anything that has a, a dedicated fan base, Kickstarters. So, you know, tabletop games, unusual indie tabletop games, people who play them really like to play them. Mm-hmm. Cats. Cats. Yeah. Cats and tabletop games. It seemed like a no-lose yeah. situation. So that kind of brings me to my next question. So when you look at a game, so you are Josh Welber of Large Animal Games. I am someone who works for you. And I come to you and I say, boss, I have an idea for a game. (laughs) And then you say, hey, employee, this is the process that we have to go through to make this game even the beginning of a reality. What's Mm -hmm. that process? Oh, okay. So what, well, (laughs) so we had our, we developed a process over our first 10 years that, Mm -hmm. um, was basically around a lot of prototyping. Uh, so usually someone wouldn't come to us. I mean, over lunch, people are always talking about games they'd like to make. But what <laughs> really they would say, the way it would actually work is like, well, the next project day, we had these project days every two months, or really there were two days out of every two months <coughs> when we do projects. And those two days, everyone in the company would stop working on what we were normally working on and would work on some project that they wanted to work on. So that's how it would usually start. And that's actually how Colors End started. And they would team up with other people so a company of 30 people we might make eight or ten games mm-hmm. in two days and then we then that would be the first step and then if it proved itself to to everybody maybe we'd spend another week or a month on it and iterate forward like that okay that so was for our stuff right so no one would come in right and then for other people stuff i assume you would pitch companies so the uh, yeah the other way we did business and the way we made most of our money for most of the years was pitching uh, other businesses so you know TV channels mm-hmm. um, actual game publishers either with original IP or a game publisher would say well we need a sports game we need a bowling game we made a lot of bowling games I think we made about ten bowling games. I have some recollection for that you didn't you, a lot of your early games were not piece were not uh, Mac compatible and no, I did not get no, to play any no. of them yeah. So, so if I, as a non-technical person or our audience out there, has an awesome idea for a game, mm-hmm. and they have no technical ability, mm-hmm. don't want to put any work into anything, mm-hmm. what's the best way for them to get this game made, make a lot of money, get out? I would skip the game and go right to this the TV show. Pitch the screenplay. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess this at this point in time, like games are a spoil, especially the big, mo- like the big box, you know, PS4 video games. You know, those video games are movies, right? That you're just sort of injecting yourself yeah. into. Um, but those guys make. I mean, those actually make more money than uh, the big movies do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm kind of kidding. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I think that uh, that what um, well. One of the the things that's changed since I started making games 15 years ago or whatever is that it's a lot easier to make games now. There's a lot of software that is, you know, it's not 
quite Photoshop ease, and a lot of people are uncomfortable with Photoshop maybe, but it's pretty straightforward and you don't necessarily need to be able to program to make a prototype. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of games that, that uh, are of the million games on the iOS app store that are made in that way. Um, but the first thing I would do is try to find a way to make a prototype. Cause the thing about, I, I, ma- I don't, I've never done any linear media, any TV or movies, mm-hmm. but I imagine it's similar that idea that like everyone's got a screenplay. Yeah. Everybody has a game idea and, and, and t- or like a dozen game ideas and you, it talks one way and it plays another. So, so if you have an idea for a game, you have no technical skills, <laughs> don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. What's the best way to make a prototype? Can you just like hire some dude in India to whip one off for you or something? Why's it got to be India? Well, there's cheaper. a lot of yeah cheaper technical labor. <laughs> oh, uh, not necessarily actually anymore. And that's nothing that's changed in the last fifteen years. India is kind of expensive now. Oh really? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's. India Where's the cheapest technical labor? <laughs> mm, I would the, for high quality and low cost. I would go Central America. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Go. There you go, folks. Yep. Central America, get uh, your prototype made in Central America. But yeah, I mean, you can do that. Uh, there are definitely, there's a lot of websites now where you can, games, not specifically games, but for, for um, any technical project, you can post what you want done. People will bid on it. Um, mm-hmm. There's almost every major city, uh, at least in the United States and Europe, has an indi- um, a game developers groups, meetups. You know, find some people there who have day jobs, just want to make games. Basically, yeah. I would go out and try to find people who want to you know, make games. collaborate with you cuz uh uh they if you find them then they're they're very um you know, it's a passion uh pursuit. Okay. So. All right. Oh, uh, so you actually have to be passionate about well, it. Well, no, you don't. You just you just have to be a good salesperson to those people. <laughs> right. All right. Right. So you that's who to... you're, you're, your first sucker in the long uh-huh. list of people you're going to have to sucker to try to make money out of this uh-huh. is, is going to be those game developers. Okay. And you are a game developer. Yeah. So how this is going to be <laughs> Have tricky. I got an idea yeah. for you? Yeah. <laughs> we have a few ideas, as, yeah. as we do with all of our guests that, oh, well, except for our, our last guest, which was a makeover. Yeah. Slightly different setup. Um, uh, we uh, pitch our guests, our ideas for games, for ways to make money mm-hmm. on games or in whatever the topic is of the day. And you listen to that pitch and, you know, you can poo-poo it if you want. You can say it's a great idea, but, you know, how's it going to play? And that we don't really know. But, you know, whether it's even worth making it to the point of making a prototype. Sure. So... uh Noel, do you have something you want to pitch? Yeah, I got All a right. good one. Okay. So it's like Crazy Fights. I, that's a working title. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, uh, the classic like Reddit ask me another question of would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or 100 mm-hmm. duck-sized horses? Or as Josh and I were recently discussing uh, on a forum I used to belong to, an improv forum, there was a discussion that went on for ages about how many four-year-olds do you think you could take before they win uh which if you want to we can go into theories behind this i think we should i have no yeah so there'd be a little bit of almost like physics you know those physics games Mm -hmm. that with fighting Mm -hmm. um but by the way though how many four-year-olds could you take down if, if, if they were just h- blood hungry, four-year-olds, yeah. there's no restrictions. There's no, like, right. child cruelty going on. You're defending your life. 
How many four-year-olds could you take down before they take you down? So it's like post-apocalypse. They've learned to love the taste yes. of blood. Yes. And you know, it's but you and, and against them. They're still humans. Though. They're still humans. They're not zombies. They're mm-hmm. not. They're they're four-year-old. They don't have children. any enhanced powers. No, nope. no nope. enhanced powers. Maybe a maybe an enhanced bloodlust though. Well, okay, mm-hmm. that that is. You're the tar- I mean, You're the cookie. Right. You are. You are. You are the tasty treat. Yeah. yeah. Waiting for them on the other side of the crib. It's actually. I think there's a good parallel here to the uh, the world, the greatest warriors, where it was vampire versus zombie. I'm sure you're familiar. Uh huh. Yeah. And I think it would break out similarly. I think probably you know you're going into at least tens, at least maybe a hundred. Okay. Before um before your arms get too tired, right. yeah. Really take you down. Yeah. That that was my thing. That everyone disagreed with me on this forum. Yeah. Is my theory was, how many can you take down before you dar- drop of exhaustion? Mm-hmm. Because they're they're little, and only at the most, maybe ten can be touching you at a time. So if it's anything more than ten, it's not going to be worse at any given moment. A hundred is is moment by moment not worse than twenty. Mm-hmm. Right, so you could pick one up, start swinging them like a bat. <laughs> you could whatever you do, whatever your technique is, right. you can do that to the point of exhaustion. Yeah, we were in a, we were in total agreement. Clearly, we we're all three yeah. in agreement with this, and and it's just about when you get tired. I think the issue that the forum had is you don't take into account how tweedy and weak most people who do improv are. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so they would run out of gas pretty quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? The guy a good hearty uh <clears throat> beer and cheese crew in Chicago though. Yeah, that's true. The Chicago, that's the center of the center of the center of the country. That's different. The New York crews are all very, very Fay. Fay. Exactly. <laughs> that's the exact word for it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I just also think that even with a bloodlust, they're four year old children. You smack one hard enough in the head, they're gonna run away and cry. Yeah. You know, maybe they'll come back. The I hunger think these will ones, overwhelm. Part of the deal is they don't run away. They just don't they, run away. They keep coming for you. <clears throat> well, I think that's a that's a special move that you'll want people to be able to unlock, right? Is, the, <laughs> is it something that's that's so terrifying? Like if you can actually manage to pull the head out with the spinal cord, that'll scare them for a little while. Yeah, and then they come again. Uh huh. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah, a that's good. good. That's good. Yeah. So, chances of selling this game, you're you're just brutalizing little children. Mm hmm. <laughs> Graphically, graphically, uh, you know, on the subway you're playing, little kids are looking over your shoulder. Any catchphrases? Do what? Like, as far as like, I feel like particularly if you're playing on a mobile device, you need some stuff that's going to grab people. Like, 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 you know, just like that. It always ends up being re- repetitious. Obviously, there's not there's only so much dialogue that can go in on it. But you know, something like. Take that, you little monster, or anything along along those lines. Four year old, schmore year old. Pick your pick your pick your catchphrase, but that that can be heard, and people immediately people go, "What the hell is he playing?" Yeah, you know, as you know, in amidst the screams of the four year old dying. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I will say, I think if if you actually have a good idea there, if you can keep the kids' heads on their shoulders, and it's just like physics game, baby zombies. We're gonna okay. have to call them zombies because. All right, people are screaming, but we could make uh-huh. them look really just like ki- little <laughs> you could, kids. You could make them look no like little green, kids, right? Yeah, yeah. right. They just Maybe look little, like little and, dark around the eyes. And I think you, I think you've got something there. <laughs> Keep it very, very low, low fidelity graphics. Okay, you know, um, and uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a mobile game. You could call it late term abortion. <laughs> well, you just went right there, didn't you? Wow. <laughs> I'm just saying it's it's one way to market it. Yeah. 
Well, you know? and, and really, you mean marketing as in getting people to want well, to, it, to use the thing. There, there is. I guarantee you that if you mark, if you called it that, there is an immediate segment of the population. The same people run. that that no that would run to it. Yeah. The yeah, same yeah. people that would buy that would buy that go to T-shirt hell sure. and buy all those T-shirts, and then the amount of free advertising you would get from the outrage. I oh. mean, how many yeah. news outlets would get around that Oof. when? Oh come on! Yeah, they'd be having sessions about you on Congress. Fox News mm-hmm. would be all over that. That's right. And you know, people, as we've discussed. Josh and I, we're not getting off our butts. We're not doing anything. You out there, you make this game. You make it a reality. Give us 10%. You get 90%. 90% of late-term abortion. <laughs> that is an extraordinary feat. Um, we're, we're, we're actually at a point where I think we'll take a little break, All right. and then we'll come back for my one of my pitches. Okay. Sounds uh, good. Where... Uh, uh, but now we should do one of our little uh, things. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, no, why don't you do a little? Uh, well, I don't know what thing we're doing here, so let's uh, do uh, let's do tip of the week. Okay, so every week we have a show on a topic with filled with reasons and ways for you to get incredibly wealthy on that topic. We also throw in there a little tidbit, little nugget of gold for you to get rich another way. So if you only have a couple minutes, listen to the get rich quick tip of the week brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. Come back later when you have more time. Listen to the rest of the show. Spend, invest that money that you made on the tip of the week in getting rich for the rest of the show. So, Josh, what do we have? Today, our tip of the week. All right. Life is getting so bad right now, your stuff in the store isn't covering it. That's why Bob Horn brings little Bobby to Bernadette's Lice Removal Center in Eastlake. And I bring them in for routine checkups and all that just to make sure. Rick and Bernadette Conroy started this venture a decade ago. It's fair to say business is booming. Quadruple the level of a normal summer. So I can't even fathom what back to school is going to be like. The lice removal business is so profitable, Bernadette's now has 17 franchises in five states, and their East Lake location is open 24-7. 85 bucks covers three visits. I can take that lice off the head, whether it's a super lice or regular lice, doesn't make it very super anymore. There you go, folks. Yeah, lice there you removal. Go. You know what? That's what I'm going to call the game. Lice, lice removal <laughs> clinic. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, it's That's perfect. Better better, yeah. It really is. Um, yeah, this has become a huge thing where people no longer remove their own children's lice. I guess last year or the year before, this strain of super lice came out that is resistant to the poison shampoos that you put on your children's head. And so these places have opened up around the country. And on that one, they said they charge $84 for three visits. That's like bumfuck Ohio. No offense to any Ohio listeners out there, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, <clears throat> um, here in New York, there's a company called Lysenders. They have three locations, two in, in Manhattan, one in, uh, in Long Island. And uh, she charges, uh, depending on, it's based on length of hair. But it's $85 for a shortcut, like a boy's cut, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, up to $150 for a session. Wow. A single session. And you can pay more. They will come to you in the Lysander Mobile. 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 Mo- mobile. The uh, van. Yeah. The Lysander's van. And they will come to your home and remove your children's nits. Wow. Well, what if that ends up being what takes out humanity, eh? The Super lice. lice. We've... I- we've 
spread this vicious, vicious lice through all our lice poisons. And <laughs> they just become poisons. like lice NATO. I don't understand. I, like, I have had lice in my childhood, in my, my life. Have you ever had lice, Josh? I don't think I did have lice. Never actually. had lice. I was always the clean kid. I yeah. did not have lice either. Never had lice. I, I no, grew up in no. the Caribbean for a period mm-hmm. of time. And, oh, they and love we, it down there. Don't they? <laughs> yeah, they, that's where they vacation, right? That's the, yeah, they winter, they winter in uh, they the Caribbean. catch on those kids' heads on the, uh, on the various uh, 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 cruise ships that come down. Mm-hmm. And uh, they jump off, and we're like beach vacation. Yeah, um, but but I still don't know. Other than making my head itchy, I guess because they're boring into my skull. Possibly is that what they do? Like, besides being just a, a nuisance, what is so bad about lice? Does anyone know? I'm just throwing that out there. No, I dead don't. silence. Yeah. No one yeah. knows. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot I of think money. Nuisance is enough, right? I guess. I mean, maybe if they they carry some disease. Maybe that's if they bite you, and then you know you become a zombie. Yeah, especially if you're young, <laughs> four years old, for right. instance, from under five. Clinic. And he's bringing it all the way back around. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I think you. Okay, so that game is uh, is very high up there, Noel. Yeah. And uh, and you could call it LTA, and the cool people would know what it means. Oh. It sounds like GTA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's it's a whole world where you're wandering around and just beating children. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's amazing, and you can just do it in various locations. It's like what were those fighting the fighting games that you traveled around the world? Yeah. And you can just do various locations, so you could have you know beautiful backdrops, beautiful yeah. scenery as you're killing <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of four year old children. That's right. Enough about my incredibly awesome idea, though, Josh. Uh, what do you have? So mine offer? is is geared a little more towards kids. Okay. All I right. Um, uh, I call this one On Top of Spaghetti. And it is about a sad little meatball that falls off of its pile of spaghetti uh-huh. and needs to find its way back home. And the trials and travails of going through the house as a sad little meatball and avoiding certain things. But I also see this as one thing I've noticed, particularly in mobile apps, and I see this as a mobile game. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't know. You can advise me on this. Um, But uh, there seems to be like maybe four kind of basic games that then people add their little thing to. For a while, it was that fly, that birdie one where they, or a penguin, and it would go down a slope and fly in the air. I don't know what that platform's called. You mean just launch, like a launch game, or do you mean like Flappy Bird? No, not like Flappy Bird, like a, a launch, launch game. game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so that was really popular for a while. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and am I wrong? Was well, it? I mean, it was maybe, I don't know what's popular in your group. I, I, was, I have that game, and the reason I bought it is Apple said it was the number one game in Europe. Oh, so you wanted it? You would, so you thought you were being fancy? Well, I th- I thought it would be a good game because it's mm-hmm. popular, but not one of the ones that were the top here, which none of them really appealed to me at the time. Right. Well, you're more European guy. You, well, he's Canadian. Yeah, I'm Canadian. So yeah. basically, there it's, you go. Like it's like close a, as you can get. Tiny wings, it's called. Get yeah, tiny wings. Yeah. yeah, it's American European. Is oh what yeah, is. that's tiny, what Canadians tiny, are. Tiny wings is uh, is an awesome game. Um, there aren't that many imitators of it. Yeah. I feel like I've seen many imitators of it. Mm, there was okay. one with a penguin being chased by a polar bear. Mm. Um, so not that many successful. Okay, yes, I, I, sure. I, I agree with that. I, I, I get that. I understand that. I think that's the case with a lot of... Then you have the role-player 
platform that, that are like the D and D style, whatever they call them, turn based or those turn based games. No uh, role playing games, but uh, that is a category of game. Right. Yeah. Okay. And that isn't. And and what would like the the Age of War be called? What is that? Uh, that would be uh, probably more of a city building meets strategy game. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So city building meets strategy game. And then you have like the Flappy Bird, which is really Frogger. Okay, so what's Meatball Man? So Meatball Man, my idea is, because I have not personally seen a game that combines all of these, mm. having different sections that you have to go through that combines all of these. So the Meatball has to get through several different levels and layers to uh, get back to his spaghetti. Okay. So at if, one point he's a crossword and he's got a... Right. Okay. We'll go with that. We'll go with crossword <laughs> Scrabble. Yeah. He's meatball with friends. He could be something meatball like that. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know specific. We can. We can. We can. We can. We can get meteor. With yeah. It. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. We'll be here all week or for the next twenty or thirty minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Tipping. Um. Uh. You know, there could be a thing where like he has to avoid cats and dogs okay, or the children's sure. toys, right? So that's the flappy bird thing. There's the actual falling down the spaghetti and the rivulets and the flying like the 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 flappy bird. Uh-huh. Uh, not the flappy bird, the whatever tiny the, wings. the tiny wings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure how we could get the sort of uh, uh city building involved. <laughs> Maybe he runs into he ends up in the playroom and there's Legos there mm-hmm. and he has to uh uh, uh build a variety of things. Now, this may be too complicated for a mobile game. Well, uh, it's a lot of things. You know, I think uh, really successful games tend to be pretty focused. Hmm. But I will say... <laughs> it's focused on a meatball. What I, re- <laughs> I actually like that part a lot. And uh-huh. I think that's the thing that, that, like, that hook, especially with mobile games, like, you know, you look at the game and think, I get it. Yeah. There's, there's a de- maybe there's a big old world in underneath there. Right. You're going to get into all sorts of details, and you're going to you know get become a nuanced expert at it. But if you, on top of spaghetti, I get it. Uh-huh. Meatball's got to get home. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. You know? So we got yep. a starting point. I got a starting point. I need to be more focused. Yeah. I feel like uh, th- I just got my uh, 10th grade report. Yeah. And, <laughs> and just technically, too, you're, if you're going to make some sort of gameplay engine that's going to drive this game... If it's all these different games, you have to build all those different engines, correct? Uh, yes, it would. It would also cost you more. I mean, that that's the other thing is is also the appeal, right? Like mm-hmm. the kind right. of people who play crossword games and the kind of people who play Age of War and the kind of people who play Flappy Bird are or or Tiny Wings are they're different. They overlap, but they're different. Right. I think you're going for something more like. Um, uh, people who like arcade games, maybe people who watch Cartoon Network. And, uh-huh. you know, that Certainly. Kind of yeah, I definitely had the Meatwad character in mm-hmm. my head when I thought of the meatball, what it would look like, for sure. Um, but, uh, okay, so uh, uh, needs work. Needs work. But it's an idea. It's there. It's good. <laughs> it's a concept. It's, it's a concept that, that has... A, a notion. A notion that has room to grow. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, shouldn't, it sure does. It's not just going to die on the vine. No. It's going to be a growing as, meatball. As we say in the in the computer game field. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a real computer game <laughs> yeah, uh, Dying phrase. on the vine. Dying mm-hmm. on the vine. Um, so my pitch, not as big a success as Noel's pitch. Right. Noel, Noel seems ready to go into prototype right now. Yeah, I think, I think Noel's got the mechanic and you've got the story. Maybe you guys can get together. A four-year-old meatball. No, I want children. <laughs> Children being killed by a meatball (laughs) trying to find its way back to the top of spaghetti.
and dead silence ensues. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now with that dead silence, that may be a good segue into our uh, next uh, segment. Segment. All right. Yeah. So, guys. <laughs> How many ways can we make money? You know, every episode we cover many, 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 many ways. I don't know if you know this, guys. There's that many ways to spend that money, too. So if you've already made some millions and haven't yet quite tithed us, then uh, use this as a shopping catalog. If you have not made those millions yet, use this as the inspiration to get out there and make those millions. Uh, So brought to you once again by Radio Free Brooklyn. This is our what's what are we calling this? Uh, we got to get a name. I'm I'm now right now I've written down get rich quick spend that money spend that money I like it okay oh he likes that one good spend I was that money that. folks here you go Monaco in July is a mecca for mega yachts and it's a chance for their owners to measure up against their fellow billionaires floating villas mobile palaces or ego boosting phallic symbols they all shout that's right. I rule. To join this ultra-exclusive club, you'd better have plenty of the folding stuff. To be able to purchase a yacht, you've got to have at least between 30 and 60 million pounds. It's one thing buying a mega yacht. What sets the hyper-wealthy apart is their ability to build a new yacht to their own specification. And when you're that rich, you can have whatever you want. Well, within reason. We have one client's wife who was wondering whether we'd keep a pony on a boat uh, for her daughter. The idea was to have an exercising turntable at the back of the yacht on the aft deck. But they weren't embarrassed to ask the question. They thought it was a reasonable question to invite. Yeah, why wouldn't it be a reasonable question? Yeah, yeah. Of course you want a pony on that boat. (laughs) Give me a break. What are the kids supposed to do? (laughs) Yeah. Pony rides. There's a turntable Mm -hmm. that they can practice their their jumping on. Yeah, I think if you got the money to throw at it, sky's the limit. I'd get a big gerbil wheel for it. For the pony or for yourself? For the pony. Oh, because that's what all ponies want. Uh, Can you imagine being a pony that has never spent a day on land? mm -hmm. Your entire life spent on a boat? Yeah. I'm thinking about spending the money to research developing giant rideable gerbils for your children. (laughs) (laughs) If you're that rich. Yeah, Yeah, why not? That's true. Why not? Yeah, and if you're going to get a pony, keep it in the blimp. (laughs) (laughs) exactly they're much more comfortable in the air that's right i have to say you know i've been you know putting these together for a while now and i go through a lot of iterations and i i I hear a lot of different things and it's so hard for me when i hear one that's not uh the host does not have an english accent oh yeah to it, it really is required for any time they're talking about people spending ridiculous sums of money they can't just be like, you know, you and I talking about it. It just doesn't <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to hear right. like, hey, my name's Tony. I got real rich with a furniture store, and uh, this is how I spend my money. Yeah, right, exactly. It just, it doesn't, it do- doesn't, doesn't work as well, which kind of limits, you know, my, but thankfully, I think everybody who makes these kind of shows knows that as well. Yeah. <laughs> so they mm-hmm. hire guys like that who do terrible fake British accents to, uh, to uh, be the, 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 the voiceover. What do you think the it. Brits like? Like a Russian they, accent? No, they they do they Piers like, Morgan. Oh, this is a class of British. Accent. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they get they their their shows that this is my experience up to now, having seen all these. Their shows tend to be newsy in quotes, so they have like some sort of news personality doing them that is both simultaneously they 
sort of scoff at the way these people are throwing money away, but are also clearly envious of what they're throwing their money away on because they get to basically spend the day on this guy's ridiculous yacht with tigers and, you know, naked women or on the island he purchased for $50 million. Uh-huh. And they're mm. s- so green with envy, these guys are. And yet they're also poo-pooing at the same time. Sure. Trying yeah. to make it. Uh, Play both sides of that coin. Yeah. Yeah. The important thing is that everybody feel bad. That's right. Yeah. Um, Josh, I have a question for you. <laughs> um, I'm really curious, as an indie game developer, mm. and I know that uh, this is uh, an issue that's all throughout the major game development thing, but... How does the Illuminati play into the games that you developed and mind control in the New World Order? I know in, 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 in the major games and the major game companies, the symbolism is all over their games. Uh, I kind of, with Color Zen, there definitely seem to be sort of references to, uh, I definitely at times would see the all-seeing eye, mm-hmm. but it was very subtle. Mm-hmm. It was very subtle. And, and you know, the shop's closed. There's no, you know, you don't have to keep any trade secrets at this point. Mm-hmm. Was there an Illuminati influence in the work that you guys did? Or just mind control in general. Right. Right. Well, you know, as I, as a Freemason, the first thing you can't say is that you're a Freemason. Okay. So All right. know that I'm not a Freemason. <clears throat> uh-huh. And that I was not trying to guide the world <laughs> towards a more prosperous and controlled future where a large number of mindless slaves do the bidding of, <laughs> you know, a small but cynical elite. Yeah. Uh, you know, not in the uh, Illuminati symbolism manner, mm-hmm. but I do know how mobile gaming in particular <laughs> is turning the masses into slaves that do the bidding of the, of the elite. Okay. How is that, Noel? And I'm sure you know this, too. Mm-hmm. And this is a good tip for everyone out there that's going to make a mobile game, whether it's, you know, uh, Lice Treatment Clinic, uh-huh. whether it's, uh, what, what's your meatball guy? <laughs> On top of spaghetti. On top How of spaghetti. How can you not remember that? All covered with sauce. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, whether it's that one, it doesn't matter. It could be tic-tac-toe. It doesn't matter. We would urge you strongly to, like your games were, Many of them free, uh, because ninety percent of free games on iOS and Android uh, collect your data in dangerous ways or in in highly suspect ways. Uh, they are tracking where you are, what you're doing, your contacts in many ways, uh, all sorts of information about you, and uh, th- th- it's it's. More actual iOS games are collecting your data, but Android's the Wild West, so Android's really where you're getting the good data because there's less rules about what you can do. Uh, And then they're taking this data, and they're selling it to data brokers. And data brokers buy all this data, they analyze it, package it, and they make profiles on mm-hmm. all of us out there. There's one company called Axiom, which is the largest data broker in the world, and they brag that they have an average of 1,500 pieces of info on over 200 million Americans alone. 
and they sell this data to marketers to uh-huh. whoever wants it. Uh, there's a company in Connecticut called Statistics, no, uh, Statistics, which is a <laughs> horrible name. Uh, they should maybe it's kind of an amazing of name. Calling it on top of spaghetti, uh-huh. uh, and they sell lists of names of people with alcohol, sexual gambling addictions, as well as bipolar <laughs> disorders, and they, you can just call them up, and this is all called from our online activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another company in Chicago called Exact Data, which compiles and sells lists of names of people who have had STDs and people who purchase porn or sex toys. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, you really those... want to make some money, as I said, yeah. tic-tac-toe, it can be lice removal clinic, it can be on top of spaghetti, make sure you're taking all the data you can get, mm-hmm. you know, have it running in the background and doing things when no one's looking and making a login so you know who that is and track where they are, mm-hmm. what they're doing, who their friends are, and every little thing about them. Well, what do you think about that, Josh? Well, I think if you could get what they drink... Uh-huh. And how their how their sex addiction is coming? You <laughs> clearly you have some big money to make. <laughs> yeah, just in blackmail alone, yeah. I would imagine. Well, because I think it was two, two data gathering companies, or there's it's only a matter of months or years before they join forces. And imagine if the bipolar people <laughs> could be marketed to with the same as the sex toy people, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> or at least get the sex addi- addiction in the sex toy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, the sex addiction. Those people should know each other. I know. <laughs> I know. Maybe. It could become an entire new dating site yeah. of people and their addictions well, bringing them together. You know, uh, the, some of the stuff I did read, it didn't quite fit into our show, uh-huh. but apparently the worst culprits of data mining and selling of data are, are dating sites. Because you sign up and you fill out a giant survey of everything about right. you, mm-hmm. and... They just take that and sell it to companies. Right. And then you can buy that and figure out what games to market to these people. That's on right. AshleyMadison.com, for instance. <laughs> you know, you can have, a, have an entire wave of, of, you can make games of addiction. Yeah. That you then market to addicted people, and maybe they can figure out a way to get their fix through the game. Yeah. You could find people that have uh, eating disorders and sell them on top of spaghetti. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Pischetti, I think it should be called. Pischetti. That's yeah. even better. I like that title. That's cute. Uh huh. It is cute. <laughs> <laughs> if you had seen the smile on Josh's face <laughs> along with the, the that's cute. Um, yeah. You know, there's also other ways to make money off of games that aren't necessarily developing games. For those of you that don't have an idea in your head, you can make a lot of money these days playing games professionally. Yeah, you can. Um, you know, ESPN is uh, has been uh, televising uh, team gaming competitions in like World of Warcraft and things like that. I don't think that was the one they did where there are like million dollar prizes and they're the top professional gamers are making upwards of $350,000, a year on average. Yeah. You know, I used to be on an improv team in Chicago uh-huh. uh, with another guy whose name was also Noel. <clears throat> and he was something like the third best pinball player in the world. That's well, old that's, school. That, that's rough. I mean, he must have been bitter about those other two guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like he just know. was locked right there at third. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
<clears throat> he hey, this guy was a schlub who probably would walk around with an entire slice of pizza stuck to his shirt, and yet he was in GQ magazine. So mm-hmm. for being the third best pinball, so you can it was make about money the playing top pinball. You can make money playing pinball. As I don't know how pinball. much money he made, but uh, you know someone else I know in Chicago through improv. Her dad made the game Simon, the electronic version, the of, one that I you guess, you yeah. push the button, whatever on. the first version of it was. Yeah, that was one of the first electronic games that was mm-hmm. out there. I remember that game well. Yeah. I had it. That was the game that my father, when my father used to come and visit me down in St. Thomas, he'd always bring me a gift, and it was always something electronically fancy. And he brought me a Simon and said to me, if I find this game on the floor, there's going to be a problem. Yeah. And the first day I had it, a bunch of friends came over, and we were playing, we run out of the room, and five minutes later, Josh, I go, yeah, what, Dad? Come here. And I come out to the hallway, and he says, what's that? And there was my Simon sitting in the middle of the floor. I'd had it for four hours. He said, that's my Simon. My father lifted up his foot and (laughs) smashed it to dust and said, not anymore. All right. So this is what sets off the kids on the rampage. That's right. There you go. Uh, yeah. There's Simon, the four-year-old Simon <laughs> yeah, we gets just take busted. snippets of Josh's childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Noel. Yes. And Josh, uh, I think it's about that time. I think it is about that time. Uh, before we, we go in, we should say <clears throat> that if you guys want to reach out to us and you know give us any feedback, give us any ideas for shows, things you'd like to hear us talk about, rules with which to judge <clears throat> our schemes by, you can reach us on Twitter at GRQJoshNoel. Uh, at our email address, which is GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. Yeah, or you can Facebook us at Facebook <clears throat> slash GRQ Josh Noel. Um, you can always listen to us every Saturday at 5 p.m. on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, uh, or uh, the latest episode comes out on iTunes and all uh, of your podcast carriers, Stitcher, Audio Boom, uh, on Wednesday mornings. That's right. Um, and as always, subscribe to our station, like us, check us out, uh, uh, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from That's you. That's right. We don't collect your data, guys. <laughs> we don't. Well, we just we... give you buckets of money info. Right. And as always, with this information, take it, do with it what you want. If you get rich, tithe us 10%. Tithe the 10%. Um, I will also add uh, Herschel underscore the underscore Doxador. Yeah, that's the most important Instagram. way to get in touch with us. Um, uh, <laughs> Josh, are any of the games, if people wanted to play any of the games that were large animal games like Color Zen or they're Nomsters, still they're, they're still, still there. there. Yeah. So you can go on, uh, 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 I don't know if you get any money for it if it's played, but if you do, I would hope so. You can go on and play these games, try them out. They are actually really beautiful games and a lot of fun to play. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I think it's time for the rules for getting rich. That's right. So uh, once again, every week we call the font of all knowledge, which is the Internet, and find rules for getting rich quick to judge our schemes by. Uh, so what do we have this week, Josh? So today from the website selfhelpandselfdevelopment.com, 10 Rules for Getting Rich by Prasanna Vishwasrao. All right. I like it. Um, so, uh, we're obviously not going to give you all 10. We never do that, but, uh, here we go. The first one we're going to say is get expert advice and act on it. I think we just did that today. Yes, we did. Um, we're not going to, we're not going to act on it, but you certainly can. And you've received expert advice from our guest, Josh Welber today. And us. And us. And, uh, we're going to check one for one on that. One for one so far. Um, optimize time, cut off slash cut down TV watching. Yeah, you need to have your face stuck in front of a computer. 
I'm sorry. If you're going to be playing, you're doing video games, you need to have your face jammed in front of that computer all the time. That's right. And if you don't feel like you want to get off the couch, don't worry. Pick up a phone. Call Central America. Mm -hmm. Get some dudes down there to just start cranking out the the prototypes for you. Cranking out your little tech slaves. (laughs) Um, So we're two for two. Uh, Number three, under promise and over deliver. Boom. I think that's what this whole industry is all about, right? (laughs) I think it's the exact opposite, actually. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're, yeah. It's over-promise and under-deliver. You just said it so good. You right. sold it. I know. Yeah. It, it sounds it's, better the other way. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. You know, maybe that's why large. We, 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 did you, the, we, we were supposed to do the, right. and then the, uh-huh. but we did it the other way. Yeah. So you get people, they have to constantly update and do the mm. thing. You got to make people think that it's what they want, but not really. It's never reaches that we, height. We kept no. over-delivering when we should have been over-promising. That's yes. right. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay, we're going to give that a big x so okay. we're two out of three two out of three guys. um number four preserve your health um, you don't have your health <laughs> what else you don't have, have anything nothing. that's right yeah. there's okay. zero so we'll give you that although you know most people sitting in front of computers all day are not the healthiest people no nah, but you got to be in good shape if you want to beat up little kids you got to be uh-huh. in good that's shape true. if you're a little cute little meatball <laughs> <laughs> you're mocking on top of biscotti <laughs> um and uh finally Finally. The last one, read for self-improvement. Sure, why not? Yeah, we'll give we'll it because <laughs> we know that. Uh, so that's five out of six. That's I'd right. say we'll chop a half off of one because it was a little yeah. iffy on a couple. Okay. So four and a half out of six, that's pretty damn good. So to me, I think you can get rich quick on games. I think so. Particularly with our games. Uh, we'd love to thank Josh Welber. Thanks thank a lot, you. man. Um, of the now defunct largeanimalgames.com. <laughs> Uh, and uh, he will not. Uh, he has nothing else to promote, which is just came on to be a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, th- ooh, I, I'm not queued up, so I'm gonna just vamp for a little bit. Okay. No, I'll vamp for a little bit. Uh, yeah. So uh, once again, guys, thanks a lot for listening. If you have any ideas at all, tweet us, Facebook us, email us, flag us down on the street. And as you always say at the end of the show, Noel. That's right. Don't spend all that knowledge in one place. Thank you.